0: Welcome to the show. This episode is different. This is part of a larger series where I'm just going to go over the best quotes about leadership that I've come over. So I end almost every episode with a quotation for contemplation. And so I've gathered a great treasure trove of leadership quotes, and I'm going to go over some of the best ones with you in this episode. Stay tuned. You are listening to The Leadersmith, Darren Curtis. Okay, before we get started, I want to tell you this right up front. I have a special gift for you. If you listen all the way to the end, I have a special bonus surprise, and this should help you with your paper or your presentation or whatever you're doing to to need these quotes. I hope this will help you, and just stay tuned, okay? All the way to the end. Okay, so we're going to get started with some of the best quotes, but before I do, I end every episode of the podcast with this phrase, I want you to be... The kind of leader that you would want to follow now that's a really important quote and the reason that's important is because this is what leadership is about it's not about being the boss or being in charge or no it's about being the kind of leader that others will want to follow if if they weren't being paid to follow you they'd follow you anyway be that kind of leader okay now, here is the first quote from the first episode of my podcast, and it's one of the best still. It's from Vanilla Ice, believe it or not, from Vanilla Ice. He said in his wisdom, you don't choose your fans, your fans choose you. It's such a brilliant quote, and it's brilliant because that's the way it works, right? You you don't get to choose who it is that you want as followers all the time. Like, okay, in business, you might be able to get that. But in general, think about like a a recording artist. That's right. He doesn't get to go, I want that fan, and I want that fan, and I want that. No, it doesn't work that way. But it works that way in politics. It works that way in the arts. It works that way in uh, businesses where you're selling a product to customers. You don't choose your customers. Your customers choose you. Now, you can try to appeal to them as much as possible, but ultimately, it's them. They make the decision. So it's a great quote. You don't choose your fans, your fans choose you. The next one is by Harvey Firestone. He said, the growth and development of people is the highest calling of leadership. And I love that quote. It's a great quote. It's so very true. Your highest calling is developing people. If you think that your job as a leader is just to get things done, just to be able to make it happen, You're partly right, but you're partly wrong because your job as a leader is to help people grow along the way into getting that done, not just getting the thing done. And if you confuse this, you're going to make some significant errors because what you're going to do is you're going to try to just drive them until they get it done. No, your goal is to grow them up. It's like having a child. I'm not trying to drive my children into higher productivity. I'm trying to teach them how to tie their shoes and teach them how to do more things so they can grow and mature and handle things on their own. That's the task of leadership. Okay, next one. This is by Richard Winters. He was, if you remember the movie Band of Brothers, he was Major Winters who, um, he started off as a platoon leader and then the, the uh, executive officer and then ultimately he became the, uh, the in-, in charge of Easy Company in uh, the 101st Airborne Division. 506th Parachute Infantry Regiment. Uh, great movie, by the way, Band of Brothers, the miniseries by HBO. He said this, Wars do not make men great, but they do bring out the greatness in good men. And I think there's something so right about it. I got goosebumps just reading that quote myself. Think about this. Power, leadership, money, all it does is amplify who you already are. So if you're a good man, troubles are going to make you better or work on you and cause more to come out. Leadership will cause more, Your, your ability to lead, being put in that position will cause you to be a better leader. Money will amplify your goodness. If you're a bad guy, guess what? It says the opposite. It makes you more selfish, more cranky, more self-absorbed, whatever. So it just, wars do not make gr- men great, but they do bring out the greatness in good men. Okay, the next one is uh, Frederick Douglass. He said, to suppress free speech, is a double wrong. It violates the right of the hearer as well as those of the speaker. It is just as criminal to rob a man of his right to speak and hear as it would be to rob him of his money. Now, that seems like it's a little out of place, but think about this, how many times in organizations do people sit on their hands because the boss doesn't wanna hear what they have to say? It happens all the time. This quote is actually really pertinent to organizations and organizational success. Okay, the next is by Thomas Edison. He said this, Unfortunately, there seems to be far more opportunity out there than ability. We should remember that good fortune often happens when opportunity meets preparation. Love that quote where opportunity meets with preparation. So you have to be prepared if you're going to be able to seize the opportunity. You have to uh, do your homework so that you are ready, so that you can lead when you're when the leadership position becomes available, and you can seize that because you're you're ready. In the book of Proverbs, King Solomon says the horse is made ready for the day of battle, but victory comes with the Lord. It's that same kind of thing where, you know, you have to do this on the front end so that you are ready when the time comes. Okay, the next one is from a book called The Three Laws of Performance by uh, Steve Zaffron and Dave Logan. Uh, (laughs) the, The first law of performance is this. How people perform correlates to how situations occur to them. Now, that's really important. It doesn't sound like a lot, but it it is a lot. You do things because you think that this is what's going on in the situation. Somebody else sees it very differently and acts accordingly to how they see it. And if you understand that they're just acting with how things are appear to them, then it makes sense. They're not just lunatics. They're actually acting very rationally based on what they perceive. So if you understand that, you can actually smooth out what's going on in the organization. Very important. The first law of performance, how people perform correlates to how situations occur to them. Okay, next. This one's from William Penn. William Penn was the founder of Pennsylvania. He lived in 1644 to 1718. He said this Justice is justly represented to be blind because she sees no difference in the parties concerned. She has but one scale and weight for rich and for poor, for great and for small. That's important because the way that we handle people in organizations needs to. Just, just as well be blind. There's a whole discipline about organizational justice. And I think that if we violate that, we start to send a bad vibe through the whole organization. So the way you deal with people, don't play favorites. Don't uh, have your teacher's pet. Deal with people uh, equal, on equal footing. The next one comes from Colin Powell. He was the 65th secretary of state, the 12th chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. And this was one of his uh, 13 rules of then-chairman Powell when he was the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. He said, it ain't as bad as you think. It'll look better in the morning. The reason that that's a great quote is because sometimes when we see a problem, we think, oh no, the sky's falling. What are we going to do? Okay, hold on. On mature deliberation, you can handle this. You've always been able to handle it. You'll be able to handle this one, too. The next quote comes from Lieutenant Colonel J.L. Uh He was U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. He said this. It's been said critically that there is a tendency in many armies to spend the peace time studying how to fight the last war. Yeah, you know, he's right. Um, what we do is we think about, and this applies just as much to organization, we think about what we know to have been doing, and then we do that. We don't anticipate what comes next, but your job as a leader is to anticipate the future, to think about what might be, to try to look around the corner to the degree that you can, so that you can be proactive and not be caught off guard. Okay, the next one is by Alexander Solzhenitsyn. He was the guy who wrote the Gulag Archipelago. Uh, He was in a um, gulag in Siberia for a number of years. And he's talking about good and bad people. He said this, If only it were all so simple. If only there were evil people somewhere insidiously committing evil deeds, and it were necessary only to separate them from the rest of us and destroy them. But the line dividing good and evil cuts through the heart of every human being and who is willing to destroy a piece of his own heart." Now, that quote is deep. I mean, it's really deep. Like, there's not good guys and bad guys. Think about the worst people in your organization. They think they're good people. I mean, they don't see themselves as the guys with the black hat. Even if they're doing bad things in order to self-promote, they're not thinking, I'm the bad guy. They're probably running around thinking, you know, if only so-and-so would get out of my way and -and so-and-so would do his job and -and so-and-so would just listen to me, then we'd be okay. We're we're so self-deceived in the way that we think about things. The, The line, it's not cut and dry. That dividing line between good and evil, there's evil in my heart, there's evil in your heart. Just like there is in the, that worst guy in your organization, there's also some good in each as well. And coming to coming to terms with that with the bad guy is often harder than coming to terms with the evil in the in the most nice, uh, kind, generous person in your organization. But the dividing line runs through all. Uh, in theological terms, it means uh, Calvin would talk about how we're totally depraved. That means all of us are infected. Um, So this is just something to really quote and ponder and think about when it comes to how you deal with people. Okay, next. This one comes from John Maxwell. This is a lot more leadership-ishy. He said this, true leadership cannot be awarded, appointed, or assigned. It comes from influence, and that can't be mandated. It must be earned. The only thing a title can buy is a little time, either to increase your level of influence with others or to undermine it. What a great quote. Right. That's right. You can't say, you must follow me because I'm in charge. I'm the boss. Well, okay, you can tell them that, but what good does that do? If, if you're really in charge, you don't need to say that, right? I mean, if you're really the leader, you don't need to say, hey, guys, I'm really the leader. <laughs> um, I had an a MBA student one time that talked about how his boss mandated that everybody better like me what? <laughs> I mean, it's so—it's such a silly concept. Same thing with leadership. You better be, you know, respect me as a leader and think that I'm the leader. If you have to do that, you're probably not. It's not this title. When you get appointed into a leadership position, it just buys you a little time so that you can increase that level of influence or you undermine it when you say you better like me. Okay, here's the next one. This is a simple one, it's by Ben Franklin. He said, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. And if you think about it, he's right. How many things build up in your organization that if you had just stamped it out right in the beginning, it wouldn't have become a great problem. So an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Next, this one comes from F.A. Hayek, the Nobel Laureate economist. He said, the curious task of economics is to demonstrate to men little they really know about what they imagine they can design and his point is this you know to try to assume that you have all knowledge and to design the system like he's talking about in politics and government. So to try to be a dictator of a government, that's what he's talking about. But the same ideas translate to an organization. If you're the boss at the top of an organization of let's say 500 people, you can't possibly know everything that you need to know about how everything works and who, what's optimal for every person. The people know that the people doing the job on the front line know that, but you don't know that at the top. Now you might have, and hopefully you do have more knowledge than other people because you've been at it longer, but that doesn't mean you know everything. Now if you are willing to trust those people down the line that they are actually going to do their work, that they're going to be able to try to find a way that makes the work get done better or easier or faster then you'll have very different results than if you're trying to dictate from the top. And I'm just talking about a 500-person organization. He was talking about entire countries being set up this way. It, It is amazing how arrogant people get when they rise into a higher place of leadership. And if you don't check that tendency, you're going to make bad mistakes. Because if you're right, okay, things go well. But if you're wrong, everything falls apart and it's your fault. Okay, next. This one also comes from an economist. His name is Herb Stein, and this is more funny than anything else. He, uh, I remember reading this book when I was in graduate school. It was a book called On the Other Hand, <laughs> and Herb Stein said this, I, w- I summed up two main lessons of 50 years as a Washington economist. One, economists don't know very much. Two, other people, including the politicians who make economic policy, know even less about economics than economists do. Okay, so that's just kind of a funny quote. Uh, Maybe it's useful somewhere, but, you know, I think that same thing applies in organizations. You know, the boss doesn't know much and other experts around him, consultants and others, trying to tell him what, they probably don't know that much either. So maybe that's funny. Maybe that's useful. I hope that helps you. Next one. This one comes from Sun Tzu. He said the enlightened ruler is heedful and the good general is full of caution. Now, that's really important because when you're making decisions as a leader, You need to be very cautious because, again, if you make it right, that's great. But if you screw up, you're screwing up the whole. There's a ripple effect. As an individual, when you screw up, you're just screwing things up for you. As a head of my family, if I screw up and I make a decision for my family, I've now put all my family members, my wife and all my children, in a bind because of my decision. As a leader of an organization, again, the higher you are, the the greater the impact that you're going to have one way or another. So the enlightened ruler is heedful and the good general is full of caution. The Proverbs say, if you're making plans, get advice. Understand what's going on before you make your effort. Sun Tzu was right. Okay, the next one comes from Warren Buffett. He said this, we look for three things when we hire people. We look for intelligence, we look for initiative or energy, and we look for integrity. And if they don't have the latter, the first two will kill you. Because if you're going to get someone without integrity, you want them lazy and dumb. <laughs> That's a great quote. It's a great quote because it's funny, but it's a great quote because yeah, if you if you forget about integrity, if you leave that category off the table, what you're probably going to get is somebody who's going to lack integrity. And if you do, you don't want them to be a smart person with a lack of integrity. <laughs> you, you, you don't want them to be uh, capable of ripping you off seven different ways. So it, it's a it's a great quote. It helps us put things in perspective, um, and maybe that'll be helpful to you. Okay, the next one is from General Dwight Eisenhower. Now, I say General Dwight Eisenhower, even though he was the president, because when he left presidential office, and, you know, if you're a governor, you get to be called governor for the rest of your life. If you're uh, a senator, same thing, president. Uh, he actually asked John Kennedy Uh, after he left office to change his titular role so that he would be called general. like That's the role that he desired to keep rather than president, which I think is remarkable. Um, His identification with his men in the service. Uh, He was a supreme allied commander in World War II in Europe, and so he kept that title general. At any rate, he said this, leadership is the art of getting someone else to do something You want done because he wants to do it. Now, I've wrestled with that quote over time because it sounds kind of manipulative, but then at the same time, maybe it's not. Maybe, let's put the best face on this. You're getting them to do it because they want to do it. That means you're listening to what they want to do, that you're hearing them, that you're helping them achieve their goals. And if you're doing that, I think you're doing something right in leadership. If you're just doing things or getting somebody to do something because you want them to do that, that's not leadership. That's coercion. That's force. Um that's not leadership. But I think Eisenhower had the right idea. Okay, one more and we'll be done for today. And then I have a bonus for you. So this one's just kind of funny. It takes a big man to cry, but it takes a bigger man to laugh at that man. And that's true. There's something very right about that. It does take a big man to cry, but it takes a bigger man to laugh at him, and if you think about it, you'll understand it and get it. Okay, so I told you that I was going to have a special um, bonus for you, and that's this. I've put all these PowerPoints into one file. I've linked them, and I've put this, this file online in the link below in the show notes. Now, if you click on that file, you can see the, all the quotes that I talked about here and all a whole host of other quotes, uh, more than 100 other quotes And so you can just take this and use this in your presentation or paper whatever. If it's a presentation, just take a screenshot. Feel free to use any of these quotes. uh, Feel free to use my quotes or my PowerPoint with the picture. That's fine. You can use it. I'm giving that to you. It's my gift to you. Okay, thanks for listening. I hope this helps you become the kind of leader that you would want to follow.